This Washington Post Live podcast is sponsored by Wounded Warrior Project, honoring and empowering post-9-11 veterans. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. Representative Raul Ruiz joined the Post to discuss the legislative efforts he's working on to ensure veterans receive the highest quality of care. McClatchy reporter Tara Kopp also joined Ruiz to share what she's learned from her exclusive investigations into two decades of potential toxic exposures to American soldiers. Let's listen. David Ignatius, back for the third segment of our special program on veterans' health affairs. Uh, The the documentary that you just uh, saw is part of a project by McClatchy News for an investigative series they've done called Stricken. And the lead reporter for that project is Tara Kopp, who's going to join us now. She's going to be joined as well by Congressman uh, Raul Ruiz, uh, who is uh, a congressman from California, prominent uh, uh, spokesman on veterans issues, and is also a medical doctor and is co-chair of the Congressional Burn Pits Caucus, which is trying to focus on the issue that we've been discussing over the last uh, uh, half hour. Uh, Tara, let me ask you to begin by taking us uh, into that extraordinary landscape we saw in the little bit of video. Uh, what is that place and what's the nature of the, of the hazard that American Special Operations Forces and others got exposed to? Sure. Thank you so much for having us on and for being able to show McClatchy's important work on this issue. Um, so it's actually perfect that we follow John Stewart, who has been such a champion of the men and women who responded to the base at the World Trade Center because the men and women who were then sent to go find the people who launched that attack were initially sent to a base called Karshi Khanabad in Uzbekistan. That base, a former Soviet and Uzbek base, was selected because it was just about 100 miles north of where Al-Qaeda and Taliban were uh, residing and they could launch airstrikes there but the base was a toxic mess. Um, There was radiation. There were chemical weapons from its previous use. When soldiers walked on the ground, they would actually see a black goo rise up from underneath their their boots. And there were pools, there were retaining pools around the base that uh, they glowed different colors. So the soldiers actually called them the Skittles ponds. Now, what they didn't know was just how dangerous this base was. But the Pentagon did, and it knew very early. Uh, We obtained documentation that the Pentagon knew as early as October 2001 uh, that the base had been a storage for chemical weapons, that there was enriched, uh, potentially enriched uranium at the site. Um, They knew that when you dug into the soil, that black goo was basically an underground pool of solvents and fuels and everything that had just been dumped onto this ground for the last several decades. And that's where these soldiers lived from 2001 to 2005. And uh, Tara, have the soldiers experienced significant health problems as a result of that uh, appalling exposure that you just described? They have. Um, Not only did when they first came home, nobody knew what K2 was. And even today, when these veterans tell their VA caregivers, I served at Karshi Khanabad, they often get a blank stare. So initially when these veterans started coming home and one of the very earliest deaths happened just two years after um, they first were sent there in 2001. And they would go and they would ask for help and they would be denied 
because either nobody knew about what was happening at this base or just how bad the contamination was, and there were no records. Um, so they had to start taking care of their own, and that's where we started to meet some of these service members. They formed a Facebook group. You know, slowly but surely, they found other veterans who had served there, and they vetted them. And as this has gotten more attention, more than 4,000 veterans have now joined this Facebook group. About 1,400 have filled out a survey saying whether or not they've experienced any sort of illness there, and more than 450 have reported some form of cancer. Powerful reporting, uh, good for McClatchy for, for pressing it. I wanna now ask Congressman Ruiz to, to join our conversation. Congressman, you have been a strong uh, proponent of doing something to take care of the uh, victims of, of burn pits in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, I understand that your uh, commitment on this issue stems in part from the experience of one of your own constituents, uh, Jennifer Kepner, who herself was exposed to burn pits. Maybe you could just tell us that story as a way of helping us to see this in, in more immediate and personal terms. Thank you, David. I first want to thank the Washington Post, uh, John Stewart as well, uh, Derek, Wounded Warrior Project, and uh, and it's great to see Senator Tillis joint team. We've been working with VSOs uh, for years on this issue, and we're looking forward to move the ball forward with him in a bipartisan way. Uh, and it's great to, to share this segment with Tara and her excellent reporting. Uh, Jennifer Kepner had with me one of the most impactful kitchen table conversations that I've had as a congressman. I, I'm a physician, so I've dealt with life and death situation at the bedside. Uh, but Jennifer Kepner was telling me her experience of difficulties in getting care. She was a 39-year-old mother of two, uh, married, who served in Balad Air Force in Iraq, uh, was exposed to the fumes of these toxic burn pits, and then developed pancreatic cancer. She had no other high-risk factors the physicians did a very thorough genetic study, a very thorough uh, history uh, of all of her exposures and concluded that the most probable cause of her pancreatic cancer was exposure to these fumes in these toxic burn pits. So months afterwards, after that conversation, she died. But her last words, and I was there at uh, her deathbed with her family uh, crying and uh, and being part of, uh, of of helping them mourn through their difficult loss. And her last two wishes were, one, please help other veterans get the care and benefits that they need so they didn't experience what she experienced. And two, was to help her family because uh, she was leaving behind a widow uh, and uh, he was going to have to take care of his children. And so therefore, we worked very hard to get benefits for her widow uh, and also uh, have been leading the charge in the House of Representatives to really bring attention and actual change uh, with the issue of burn pits and to help our veterans get the, the care and the benefits that they need. So Congressman, let me just ask the point that comes through to me from each of the conversations we've had so far. The Pentagon seems to have been slow to realize the seriousness of this problem. Is that your view? And what do you think the Pentagon needs to do to really get serious about these issues now? Absolutely. Right Very now. slow in realizing this. You know, the VA uh, keeps saying they need uh, uh, more proof 
in uh, their scientific studies. Well, the, the best study is a longitudinal prospective cohort study that can take 20, 30 years. And as John Stewart said, our veterans are gonna die before they even finish that study from pancreatic cancers, autoimmune diseases, and very severe pulmonary illnesses. Uh, as an emergency physician and public health expert, we know that if you have a high enough suspicion that of an agent that causes a severe enough consequence, then you need to act on that suspicion now. And so we know through various studies that John Stewart has mentioned and others that there are carcinogens in the fumes of these toxic burn pit exposures. There are biopsies of veterans from their lungs demonstrating these heavy metals. You have uh, carcinogens in the dust and in the samples. So we know that there's a high enough suspicion of the association, and we have countless of veterans who are dying from uh, cancers, autoimmune disease, and severe lung diseases. So we need to do a four-pronged public health approach to this issue. One is we have to end the use of burn pits. I've successfully added amendments to appropriations that require the DOD to have an implementation of a phase-out plan to end the use of burn pits. The second thing we need to do is we need to educate the doctors and the veterans about the subtle changes in health due to the different illnesses caused by their exposure to burn pits so that they don't wait till it's too late before they get the care that they need. Third is we need to have the VA provide the care and the benefits uh, for the veterans and their families so that they can actually get the care. And then fourth, we need to do more research to fully understand the array of pathological consequences of, of and diseases of being exposed to burn pits. And that's what we're working on right now. I have a bill, the Veterans Right to Breathe Act, which would make nine pulmonary illnesses a presumption of exposure to these, uh, to the burn pits, so that they can get the care and their families can get the benefits they need. I also have the Jennifer Kepner Hope Act, which would open up the VA for low cost care for anybody who needs a diagnostic workup, whether it's for cancer, autoimmune diseases, pulmonary illnesses, who have been exposed to burn pits. So uh, Tara, in the minute or so we have left, I wanna ask you to talk for a moment about another piece of important reporting that you're working on about the possibility that military pilots may have increased cancer risk because of exposure that they may have in the cockpit. Tell us a little bit about that and what's being done to try to make that a veteran's health issue like the ones that we've been talking about. Sure, but before that, I'd just like to add that right now, the men and women who served at K2 cannot register on the VA's burn pit registry. K2 in Uzbekistan does not exist as a location where they're eligible to register. And so basically they're invisible. So if you want to be able to count how the burn pits have affected them too, they need to be able to be added to that registry. Um, the pilots, you know, we've talked over this seminar about the, the wide range of toxic exposures that can make someone sick, whether it's PFAS or the stuff that they saw at K2. And for pilots, it, they think it's possibly the radars and the different types of radiation that they were exposed to that was emitted from these radars during thousands of flight hours. But we've been able to break several stories about the number of pilots who've been diagnosed with cancer. Um, it is, the Air Force is now looking at a groundbreaking study to finally study all aviators going back to 1970 
to see if they have a higher rate and maybe we're diagnosed at a younger age for some of these different types of cancers. And our reporting has led to Representative Elaine Luria uh, introducing a bill to have all of the services start to look at their aviators and see whether or not there's some tie, what has caused the number of cancers that these pilots are now seeing. So powerful reporting again. I want to thank uh, Congressman Ruiz, uh, Tara Kopp, and all of the guests uh, on today's discussion of vet veterans health issues for joining us and talking about issues that are important, uh, about which we know too little. Uh, thanks to all of you. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.